There has to be some common sense. Yes, sir, they have the car stopped at 10th and Grinch, Michael Biden. We still don't know who pulled the trigger. everyone and welcome to police off the cuff real crime stories i'm your host retired nypd detective sergeant bill cannon a 27 year veteran of the nypd out of manhattan north homicide squad you know today i sadly have to report that um we had been covering the case jalessa fuentes who went missing uh, i believe it was over two months ago and they yesterday they did recover her body and you know, in all these investigations, these missing person cases, especially on YouTube, the sensationalism gets thrown off the charts. And I try to rein it back in and realize that, you know, I'm a, I have been and I was a professional investigator. And you always have to keep your senses about you and not give in to the, you know, the sensationalism. And, and this, this case, you know, we wanted so much, and so we prayed so much for her to be found alive. It was to happen. She had such a caring and loving family, and uh, you know we were rooting for them. We really were 100% rooting for the family that, that she would be found alive. Um, and apparently, this was um, this was a vehicle accident. You know, uh, so the the body of missing California woman Jalissa Fuentes. It's been found after a two-month search. The 22-year-old's body was found at a crash scene at the foot of a 400-foot cliff in a rural area of Fresno County, north of Pine Flat Lake, after police found evidence that Fuentes' car had run off the road. Fuentes' family reported her missing on August 7th after she went home from a family gathering before dawn to collect some belongings. She was last seen leaving a convenience store while driving a 2011 silver Hyundai Accent, which was found at the scene. While the cause of the crash is yet to be determined, police said they believe Fuentes was most likely tired after being up throughout the night. Police had previously searched the area where Fuentes was found. However, dense brush ended their efforts. Search and rescue teams had to rappel uh, down over 400 feet to recover Fuentes' body Monday night. Uh, so the car was found at the base of a 400-foot cliff. Um, her parents, Norman Nunez and Joey Fuentes, they fought back tears as they stood beside law enforcement at Tuesday's press conference, conference thanking local officers and the public for their support in helping locate their daughter. I want to thank the community, not just the community, this whole nation. The cries and pain of my wife and my sisters and my family was heard around the whole country. Uh, law enforcement agencies, with the help of family members, had scoured an area west of Selma in Fresno County in their desperate search, which included the use of drones. So police said that fatigue uh, played played a role in um, Jalissa Fuentes, uh, her crashing her car. You know, folks, it's just like, it's painful, uh, these cases. You can't even imagine the pain that the family goes through. And, um, you know, when we give in to, you know, what ifs, what ifs, and part of investigation absolutely is, you know, Phil refers to it as spitballing. I refer to it as hypothesizing and theorizing. And I always try to teach you guys that investigation is equal parts of um, art and science. And the art of investigation, of course, is good police work getting out there, talking to people, putting your heads together, talking, again, spitballing, hypothesizing and theorizing. And then the science, and the science did come into play in this case, the science being cell phone technology. And I think they were able to sort of pinpoint uh, whereabout she crashed so that they could concentrate their search in that area. And they did concentrate their search in that area. And, and ultimately, uh, after 
more than two months, they did find her car and they did find her body. Not the ending that we all wanted to. There was even a lot of talk during this case that, oh, this is, um, here, I forgot to put my microphone in front of me. I apologize. <laughs> uh, there was even talk, even by the local police, that this potentially could be a criminal matter. If you guys recall, early on in the investigation, uh, Adventures with Purpose had had searched some of the lakes, uh, Avocado Lake, uh, supposedly the phone pinged around there, and they cleared that lake. Uh, we were, you know, we were thinking, oh, they're going to find Julissa, and they did their best work they could possibly do, and they helped out with this investigation. And then when they couldn't find her, uh, they moved on. And it was suggested by the local police that this could be uh, a criminal matter. And of course, you got to look as an investigator, you have to look into all possibilities, every single possibility, because you don't know. But again, you use the art and the science of investigation and you try to come up with with what happened, you know, what happened here. And uh, they found her, you know, and, and that's that's a huge thing because at least it gives, well, it's not a consolation, but it gives the family closure as to what occurred here guys and the war pain of my wife and my sisters and my family was heard around this whole country a valley family in mourning here tonight after a desperate search for their daughter ends with heartbreak good evening thank you for joining us here at five o'clock i'm brian dorman and i'm katherine her after two months, the search for 22-year-old Jalissa Fuentes has come to a tragic end. We learned just hours ago that investigators found her car and her body in a rural part of Fresno County. Jalissa's vehicle went off of the road and down a more than 400-foot cliff. It happened near Pine Flat Lake along Trimmer Springs Road. CBS 47's Esteban Renoso visited the site of the accident. Esteban joins us now live at the Fresno County Sheriff's Office, downtown Fresno, with what he is learning today. Esteban. Well, Brian and Catherine, Julissa's family packed into a conference room right here at the Fresno County Sheriff's Office. And of course, it was just a sad day today. And our cameras were the only ones there when her car was retrieved. Now, her body was not in the car that was retrieved earlier. However, this is still very saddening for the family and not the way they wanted to bring Julissa home. He promised me he was going to find my daughter. He didn't tell me. He couldn't tell me when but he was gonna find her. And he was the one that found her. He was a man of his word. And I thank God, he's my hero. He is my hero, you know, and I've known him for a while, but he was persistent and his persistence paid off. A looming question finally answered after the body of 22-year-old Julissa Fuentes was found and recovered near Pine Flat Lake in Fresno County. Her family spent 65 days without their daughter. Yep, I've been counting the days every day. Um, I wanted to find her and I wanted everybody to know that she was missing and that we weren't going to give up until we found her. Exactly what I did. Yeah. We pushed and we pushed and we pushed it till we brought her home. I was cherished that, you know what I mean? That she was so loved and a lot of people that didn't even know her. We went back out to the flat area and were able to locate evidence. Her vehicle went off the side of the road. I think the sheriff said it best, divine intervention. It was that divine intervention that led Chief Alcaraz to Trimmer Springs Road here north of Pine Flat Lake. It gave him a hunch to search this cliffside again, and right behind me is where they found her. This area was searched once before, but once wasn't enough for Alcaraz. Investigators say Julissa was in a single car crash the same night she went missing on August 7th. Her car and body discovered just recently on Monday afternoon and recovered 24 hours later. Our station was there when the car was finally retrieved. It, it was just a, a perfect storm. Uh, someone couldn't try to hide a car better than that. It, it's just it's just very unfortunate. We were pushing. We're going to find her. We're going to find her. and We're going to let the whole world know that our baby was missing. Now, now she's home, right? She's home. Yeah. Now, investigators believe that Julissa possibly fell asleep while she was driving, especially at that late morning hour when she was driving around those roads, and they are investigating it as such. Now, we did ask investigators if drugs or alcohol might have played a factor in this crash. They did not answer that question and said that more details will come out as the investigation continues. For now, live in Fresno, Esteban Reynoso, CBS 47 Eyewitness News. Esteban, thank you.
Today, Fresno County Sheriff Margaret Mims had nothing but praise for Selma's police chief and his efforts to bring Jalissa home to her family. And again, kudos to Chief Alcarez because it, it was above and beyond for him to have that feeling of needing to take a drive yesterday and ending up where he did and ending up calling us saying, I can't see it, but it could be here. Alcaraz has been Selma's police chief for just over two months. He was sworn into office on August 2nd, just five days before Jalissa disappeared. And to see today's press conference in its entirety, visit our website. Your Folks, you know something? How could you just uh, not have anything but praise for those police? They didn't give up. They did not give up. This. It seems like this chief... Um, I, I believe his name was Alvarez, took it personally, you know, and I, I can attest to that. I've worked these cases um, and it's just, you know, you, you can't, uh, you can't help but take it personally. You know, uh, you want a police that work these missing person investigations. They don't go home to their families. They stay at work, you know, 12, 14, 16 hours. And many times you just, you stay at work, you know, you don't leave work because, you know, you want to, you want to stay there until you can solve this case and bring closure home to the family. You know, I just like to just say a few things about, you know, the whole YouTube investigative thing. And it's a good thing. Many people, many of the YouTube content creators actually come up with some really good investigative information that perhaps the police don't have the time or even the resources to uncover. Perfect example was the Kylie Rodney case. Someone on YouTube recovered that video from the fire camera that, you know, pretty much 100% shows Kylie Rodney's case, uh, car, excuse me, Kylie Rodney's car driving into Presser Reservoir at exactly, pretty much exactly they what they said, the time that her phone was pinging. I mean, if that's not unbelievable evidence, and when you think about all the things that were put together in that case, and again, with that case, there's still a lot of people um, alleging all kinds of foul play, uh, conspiracy theories, all kinds of things. But you know something? The evidence, unless someone else drove that car into Preston Reservoir and they escaped and they left her in the car, then we have to believe 100% she was driving that car. And, you know, from early on in the investigation, I myself, Phil Grimaldi, uh, Duty Ron, and, his, and Ed Wallace, we all felt that this was a vehicle accident with potentially um, intoxication uh, involved, you know. And I think the video pretty clearly demonstrates that, that that's, that's what this was, you know. And I don't want to be, I told you so, but I just want to be like for future investigations, we have to be aware of, of jumping uh, to conclusions. You know, jumping just, oh, you know, this is uh, this this is definitely uh, foul play because this couldn't happen or that couldn't happen, and a lot of um, self-appointed um, experts uh, on uh, on YouTube uh, content creators that are not experts. I mean, I can't tell you the names I was called. Oh, you're a, you're an old washed-up homicide investigator. Why don't you just step away? You know, something I think I'm going to step toward it because all you people that made stupid comments like that, you can realize that I know what I'm talking about, you know. And again, I don't mean to say I told you so, but you see what what happens on these a lot of these cases. And I I think we just want to be when these cases happen, we want to be conscious uh or aware. I don't know if conscious is the right word. Let's be aware of this. There's many, many, many possibilities of what 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 could have occurred what could have happened you know and um it's it's just 
you know, you have to investigation, as I said, is an art and a science, and you have to let the investigation uh, go forward. And you have to deal in probabilities, you know, not deal in sensationalism and, oh, this happened and this person said this. You know, I always talk about vetting witnesses. And when a witness says something that is outrageous, that's not believable, then you somehow impinged, I love that word, impinged, you impinged their credibility. So everything that comes after that, how is it believable when what they said up front was not credible? But yet, you know, and I'm referring to that in the Kylie Rodney case, that the tow truck driver, Nick, what he said was, was it was impeachable from minute one, but yet everyone was saying, oh, if he, he said this and he said that. And it turned out, it turned out to be incorrect. It wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't good information. And as I said, you have to vet the information. Let me pull up the map here. For the road and down a more than 400 foot cliff. It happened near Pine Flat Lake along Trimmer Springs Road. CBS 47's Esteban Reynoso visited the site of the accident. Esteban joins us now live at the Fresno County Sheriff's Office, downtown Fresno, with what he is learning today. Esteban. Well, Brian and Catherine, Julissa's family packed into a conference room right here at the Fresno County Sheriff's Office. I just I just played that. I just wanted to show you the map in this case. And, uh, you know, well, I also want to touch upon something else. And it really doesn't. Uh, and if you know me, you, you know, I would never do this. But people like accused me of not covering this case because she was an insignificant female Hispanic. I, that, she's a human being. And to me, you know, when I saw her family and how much they loved her and please don't accuse me of not covering a case because it's, she's, she's insignificant. No way. She's as significant as any other case on here. And I covered this case numerous times. So I don't know what that person was, was referring to. I really don't know what they were referring to. Oh, you're not going to cover the Jalissa Fuentes case. Well, why? Because she's, uh, she's not important. Uh, you know, something, you don't know me then, you know, you don't know who I am if you're going to accuse me of that. But look, I don't want to be negative. Negative, but um, look, the the if there's a positive thing in this case is that they brought closure home to the family, and this was uh, Adventures with Purpose. We cleared this entire area with two boats. Adventures with Purpose resumed the search for Jalisa Fuentes at Pine Flat on Friday. The volunteer divers spent hours looking for any sign of the 22-year-old woman after her cell phone pinged in this general area. She is known to sometimes frequent this area. Um, the Pine Flat, Avocado Lake area. Adventures with Purpose searched Avocado Lake on Thursday too, but they didn't find anything there or at Pine Flat. Well, we took most of the day, better part of the day there. We met with the family yesterday morning to get some information from them to help us with our investigation. The Sheriff's Office searched Pine Flat and Avocado Lake earlier this week too. They didn't find anything either. People can tell you that, you know, it's been cleared and it, this isn't a knock on anybody. It's just that um, until we physically go in and look at it for ourselves, you never know what the people previous to you looked at. The group has solved 23 cold cases. Most recently, they found Kylie Rodney from Placer County at a reservoir after law enforcement had cleared that area. It's nice to give back to the community something that we've learned and it's it's actually really rewarding. The family contacted the YouTubers after seeing their track record. They have been so, so awesome and compassionate. They have the same goal as our family, not to find her out there. Mm -hmm. And But if they said, you know, th this will give us assurance 100%. For now, they continue holding on to their faith. That's all we have. Yes. Yep. That's all we have yeah. is faith. What else can we do? We know that she's out there. We know she's alive. We know that, um, you know, she's going to come home soon. You know, what a great family. They didn't give up. You know, they really didn't give up. How many people have, can say that about their own family? That they wouldn't give up. They'd keep, uh, they'd keep searching until they couldn't search any longer. And to keep searching until they found her, you know. 
you know, I, I just also like to talk about when we talk about doing uh, real crime stories from a police perspective, that's what we really mean. And, you know, early in this case, you know, we saw her, the last time we saw her, I think it was at 4.30 in the morning, and she was leaving some convenience store. So they did have a direction where she went. And then at some point, it, you know, her pinging of her phone stopped, and she disappeared. And, you know, law enforcement, they're investigative, let's say, checklists. What all the checklists they do. And, you know, when I, I speak about, and I try to teach you guys somewhat what investigators do, and something called the victimology, and that's the study of the victim. What happened that made Jalissa a victim in this? And we find out, even though that's part of a checklist and it's part of, you know, investigation, we find out that, you know, uh, Jalissa, um, there was no foul play here. It was an accident. It was a vehicle accident. And when you try to tell people that uh, during an investigation, no one really wants to hear that. And that's okay. You know, they're not, they don't have the experience investigating these things. And that doesn't mean you stop investigating. Look, her family mobilized hundreds and hundreds of people to search through those hills to assist the police. The police can only like that. They were assisting them in their job in, in this search. And it was it was amazing. The, and you know, when I talk about her family and how loving her family was and how they didn't give up, you saw the pain on her father's face there. And uh, it just... Uh, there's a picture of um, of the vehicle. So you, it went down a 400-foot embankment there. And, you know, finding this, you know, was uh, they used drones. They used helicopters. They searched all over. And they had somewhat of an idea based on the pinging of the cell phone about where this, this was. But, you know, very, very difficult terrain to search you know very very difficult and um you know if there's a silver lining to this cloud it's that um Jalissa was found you know and her family you know it's not the kind of closure that you want but her family brought her home you know they brought her home and uh I think that was very important so she was missing since August 7th and was last seen at uh, a gas station. And um, she was captured at that place uh, buying a few items. And then they just, you know, just described, she's 22 years old. Just think of that, how young that is. 22 years old. And unfortunately, you know, maybe she, maybe it was fatigue. Maybe she was tired. I don't think the police wanted to answer that question Oh, could she have been intoxicated? Could she be, you know, something? Let's let's take this victory in the way that we recovered her and we brought her home to her family. Let's not right now dwell on anything. This was a single car accident. No one else was hurt. Julissa, of course, lost her life. But let's leave that those other things. If that they're not important to us today or or yesterday, they weren't important. You know. Down the road, they want to ask those questions. But, you know, it's hurtful to the family to ask, I believe, to ask those. And I understand that it's the um, the venue of, of news reporters and it's their job to ask those questions. However, let's 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 take one day. And uh, Twanda Sue, if she had only gone home, you know, something... We can always think of that, uh, you know, if, if I had done this or if I had done that, if I had turned right instead of left, there's all these what ifs. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, what ifs don't really help, you know, they don't help us. Uh, I'd like to, you know, commend the, the chief here that uh, obviously was um, tight with Jalissa's father. Um, Gail Salatori, there is nothing, absolutely nothing worse than not knowing that is a stressor all in itself to not know. Prayers to the family. 100%. 100% prayers to the family. Mickey Mantle, great to see you back in the in the chat. 
Thank you for the 20 pound, I guess that is, because you're from England. All the best, Bill. Great show as always. Thank you, Mickey Mail. I'm so uh, happy to have you as part of the um, Police Off the Cuff family. Uh, Jessica, Sonny, at least the family has some answers, even though they aren't what they wanted to hear. So sad for the family. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I echo that. I. Um, it, it's a horrible thing to not know, you know, and there, there was some. Um, there was a lot of. Uh, you know, th there was a lot of questions as to what had happened. In fact, the police started even leaning towards a um, a criminal investigation. You know, is, is this a criminal investigation? What um, what happened? You know, did she was she was she kidnapped? Was remember all of that? We had all of that. And look, when you don't know, you have to look at every potential possibility because you have to bark up every tree. You know. You have to turn over every rock, you know, and look under it. So you can't just assume you talk about that. I'm, I love to speak in cliches, you know, uh, you can't just assume. And you could see you know, the family pushed and pushed and pushed and God bless them that they did. Cause ultimately that's what learned. Uh, that's what led to find is them. desperate for answers after 15 agonizing days without her. Our family's not complete. It's not complete without her. We're incomplete till she comes home. The 22-year-old went to the AMPM on Nebraska and Highland Avenues in the early morning hours of August 7th. Her family members quickly became concerned when they couldn't reach her later that day, and that night they called police. This is not Julissa. She always reaches to the family. She even let her brother know she was heading to the store at that time. Loved ones have been looking for Julissa around the clock. On Sunday, they organized their own search party after detectives told them she could be in the area of Pine Flat and Avocado Lakes, but there was no sign of her. The family has also expressed frustration that police are not doing enough. Chief Rudy Alcaraz provided an update on their efforts Monday afternoon, saying detectives are treating this like a criminal investigation, just in case they end up having to prosecute a suspect. They've partnered with other agencies to search areas on the ground and using a helicopter, but the bulk of their work, scouring the web for any trace of Jalissa. To this point, um, it's, it's very rare that a 22-year-old girl uh, has no digital footprint, i.e. cell phone, social media, uh, bank cards, things of that nature. Uh, additionally, from the onset of this, the Fuentes family was adamant that uh, this is not normal behavior for Jalissa, which again, brings us our concern. Now the family is also set to get some help from the independent search and recovery dive team, Adventures with Purpose. It's the same group that found the car and apparent remains of Kylie Rodney in a Northern California reservoir on Sunday. The 16-year-old disappeared from a campground near Lake Tahoe, August 6th. We would like to acknowledge the incredible support from law enforcement agencies across the U.S., including the FBI. We hope to continue our efforts hand-in-hand hand with them with the upcoming cases of Jalissa Fuentes in Selma, California, and also Annette Adams in San Obispo, California, coming up later this week. You know, guys, I cannot say enough or heap enough praise on Adventures with Purpose. Just, you know, an inc incredible organization. Um, when I say that they do God's work, I 100% believe that, you know, who else would be doing that kind of work? Recovering uh, victims from crimes, recovering victims from accidents, recovering victims that no one knows where they are and providing this amazing, amazing closure to the families. It's just, it's just an incredible thing. And, you know, when you see the work that they did in the Kylie Rodney case, it's just, and in almost every case they work on, they, they do things that police departments can't do. And they do things that no one else can do. And again, incredible. And look, they, they jumped in on this investigation. Uh, and, you can't say they, say they failed. They didn't fail. They eliminated the bodies of water that there was potential 
that uh, Jalissa Fuentes could have been in. And they eliminated that. That's part of investigation, too. You eliminate things that uh, that need to be investigated. And they, they were able to do that. I think the Avocado Lake was the one big body of water that they thought there was a potentiality that she may have driven into that. And they searched that in its entirety. And you know when Adventures with Purpose gives the all clear on a body of water, you can trust, you can... Uh, you can believe that, you know, that's, you could take their word for it, that she's not in there. She's not, you know, and, um, you know, guys, uh, in the beginning of this investigation, of course, you have to look at everything, the facts and circumstances. You know, how did she wind up at uh, that gas station at 430 in the morning? She bought something there. Was she alone? All these different collect video from that location get video from up the road where she was driving. So you can see the exhaustiveness of an investigation and finding out the truth. Uh, and when I talk about victimology, does she have a boyfriend? Does she have boyfriends? What is her, are her habits? Who are her friends? What to speak to her closest friend? What is her closest friend? Does she know this, her secrets? What does she know about her? All of those things are so, so, so important. And, and, and that makes up what I always discuss as the victimology. Um, the chief alluded to her digital footprint. And that's so, so very important too, because at some point, her cell phone stopped pinging. She did not use her bank card. There was no digital footprint whatsoever. And these days, we all have a digital footprint, you know, unless you're living in the caves and you're still using cash and uh, you don't own a computer, you don't own a cell phone. There's, I guess there's people that still are still like that. However, most of us have quite a big um, uh, digital footprint. Arkansas, I wonder why they did a toxicology if it wouldn't be released and they couldn't ch charge someone who was deceased, so why would they? Well, it's important to know um, th there's answers even for insurance purposes. They would want to know uh, the toxicology. And as we have discussed numerous times on the show, the toxicology usually takes six to eight, could even take 10 to 12 weeks to come back. I don't know. They probably didn't release it uh they don't want to, to put it out there at this point. Um, but it, it, it's done even in cases where it's a vehicle accident. So, um, yeah, th so this investigation, you, you heard the family, and they know the amount of work. And b because they pushed so hard, they made sure that the police stayed on top of this, you know, uh, the family, in these cases, the family is so important. Yeah. Let them know this is not an insignificant person. This is this is my daughter. This is my sister. This is my cousin. And she's loved. And you stay on top of it. But your whole family pushing it. You guide the community. You get the community to help search. The police will catch the drift and they'll realize, you know something? They're working hard. We're going to stay on this case. We're going to work just as hard, you know? And... uh that's so, so important in these cases. And, you know, unfortunately, as I said before, it, it ended uh, in a vehicle accident. And at, at some point, you, you heard them say that, that they were looking into the potential. Was there any criminality in this case? Um, you know, all, all municipalities have, have criminals. They have kidnappings. They have human trafficking. They had to look into that potentiality and of course that wasn't what it was and then of course law enforcement interviews hundreds and hundreds of people what were the results of those interviews what did you learn from those interviews what direction did those interviews investigative direction did those interviews take you did they change the direction and the scope of the investigation that is so important and you know People don't realize how time-consuming and how detectives have to sift 
through information and decide what information is credible and what's incredible, what's not believable. Well, I, re- I believe what this person says, this, this makes sense. I don't, this person's off, this person's off the wall. Uh, I'm going to totally, I'll write down what they said, but I don't put any, uh, I don't put any uh, umbrage in it. I don't see it to be uh, logical, you know, and you get a lot of people that you interview that their statements or their, uh, their perceptions, let's say, are illogical. Their tips line, they, they have to, um, they have to get tips, and and in this case, I'm sure they get hundreds and thousands of tips. Every single tip has to be investigated, and so just think about. And I know I'm just putting this out there to let you know the the large the scope of these investigations, and all of these, uh, all of this is so so important. And if they didn't do all of those things, they would be remiss in their investigative duties. Uh, we talk about gang activity around here. Is there gang activity? Could that have, could it had anything to do with Julius's disappearance? Uh, in the same vein, um, human trafficking. <clears throat> could that have been a potentiality in this case? All of these things have to be looked into. And um, I think the police, based on uh, the recovery of, of Julissa and her vehicle, I think they did one hell of a job. I, I really do. I think they stayed on this case. And um, they provided, again, I don't want to beat this to death, but they provided closure for, for the family. Uh, Twanda Sue, California, she could have been swerving to avoid an animal. You, you know something? Twanda Sue, you're 100% right. I trained myself never to do that. Uh, and I know it sounds cruel, but when an animal jumps in front of your car, you know, you got to train yourself to keep going straight and not to swerve off the road because you could kill yourself to avoid a squirrel, you know. And uh, it's any, any of us that live around where animals jump across the road, I think we're sort of all trained to do that because um, um, it's something that uh, it's, it's something that we want to make sure that we don't do. Uh, risking your life uh, for a squirrel. I don't know. I don't know if that's really, if that's really worthwhile. So guys, I wanted to cover the Jalissa Fuentes case to not only put closure on it for um, her family, but also for you folks that had been following this case. And I know that, you know, no one is insignificant in this world. Some cases, of course, they get more attention than others, you know, we call it these sexy cases that just capture the whole world's attention, and the whole world, uh, you know, wants to know what happened. And and we all cover those cases, but no case is insignificant. And as I said, I covered this case numerous times before Jalissa was found, so I wanted to um, cover it once she was found. Folks, there's another case that's uh, up on the radar, and I'm not going to cover it in great detail today, but that's the case of Quinton Simon. And um, Quinton Simon is a Georgia toddler. He's just shy of two years of age. He's been missing for less than a week. Um, Police on Tuesday said they've seized evidence they believe should move the case forward. Um, We're now working to analyze the evidence to see where it leads us, the Chatham County Police Department said. We continue to pursue all avenues to bring Quinton home, following all leads and all evidence. Uh, The boy was reported missing from his home in Savannah, Georgia, on the morning of October 5th, 2022. Search efforts have been going on for days in areas near his home. The FBI has offered support and assistance to determine if Simon was abducted. Um, Over 40 federal agents are currently involved in search efforts to retrieve the boy. Uh, We're going to hold out hope that he's still alive, that we can find him and bring him home safe to his parents. Chatham County Police Chief Jeff Hadley said during a press conference the day after the boy was reported missing. 
but we'll continue to look at all angles and exhaust all investigative avenues. Uh, police believe Simon was last seen at his home sometime around 6 a.m. the day he went missing by his mother's boyfriend. By around 9.40 a.m. that same day, his mother reported him missing. I mean, look at that little boy. I mean, uh, just heartbreaking to, to think that, uh, you know, someone kidnapped this little boy. It just, just There are some uh, details surrounding this case that, um, that are sort of um, what we would call in New York as fugazi, you know, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And let me play a little bit of this and you'll get the idea. Come and gone and there was still no sign of a missing toddler. Quinton Simon was last seen on Wednesday morning. Law enforcement officers have scoured the area around his home with dogs, drones, by land, by air. WSAV's lead investigative reporter, Brett Buffington, has been following the story from day one. Tonight, he breaks down the timeline of the case. At just 20 months old, Quinton Simon hasn't been seen for 60 hours. In those moments, we have told you a lot about the search to find him, but to tell you about the environment he was living in, we have to back up weeks. September 7th, police were called to Quentin's grandparents' home, where Quentin, his mother, her boyfriend, two other children, and the grandparents live. There was a fight, this police report says, between Quentin's mom, Lelaney Simon, and her mother, Billy Joe Howell. Lelaney called the cops on her mom. When officers showed up, she told them she was on probation and didn't want trouble. We don't know what that probation is for. The report says when police officers talked with Lelaney's brother, he told them that Quentin's mom had a history of stealing and used the money to buy drugs. A day later, September 8th, Billy Joe Howell wanted her daughter and her daughter's boyfriend out. She filed for eviction. According to the document, she didn't want any money. She just wanted her 22-year-old daughter, Lelaney, her boyfriend, Daniel Yunkin, and the three kids to leave quickly. Here's where the grandmother wrote it. They damaged her property, and no one is living in peace. September 16th, Lelaney and Daniel found out about the eviction, but we now know, as recently as last Wednesday, the two were still living here. That gets us to Wednesday, the morning little Quentin was last seen. At 5.29 a.m., babysitter Diana McCarta got a text message. She told us it was from Quentin's mom, saying Diana didn't have to watch the kids today. Police told us the boyfriend, who we now know is Daniel Yonkin, Police say that's the last time Quentin was seen. 9 a.m., another text message to babysitter Diana, this time from a grandparent, asking if Diana had seen the toddler. The 911 call, 42 minutes later, at 9.42 a.m. The WSAV investigative unit has asked Chatham County Police for that call. So far, they haven't answered our request. We know from the family, Lelaney told police that Quentin's father took the child. The family said that story didn't make sense. And by 2.30 that afternoon, police said the father wasn't involved. By Wednesday night, the effort to find Quentin involved the FBI, two helicopters, a drone, police on horses, tracking dogs, and officers going door to door. Thursday, we watched federal agents search dumpsters, ditches, drain pipes, and the woods. Brett Buffington, WSAV News 3, on your side. Another so, folks, there's, there's, a, there's a lot going on in that family. I mean, I, I believe that uh, you heard that the mother is on probation, and she called, um, she called the police on her own mother. She's living in her mother's house with three kids, three other kids, and her boyfriend. It just doesn't sound uh, – look, whenever there's a social worker assigned to a family, you know that there's some, uh, there's some issues. There's some issues there. Um, 
This is uh, uh, on the screen. Uh, this is from the police. We've seized evidence that we believe will help move this case forward. We're now working to analyze the evidence to see where it leads us. We continue to pursue all avenues to bring Quinton home. Following all leads and evidence, there will be no further public statements today. The police, um, they know, obviously, they, a lot of things that we don't know. This seems like, uh, obviously, whoever took this kid is is in that family, I believe. The answer to this case lies within that family. Um, the grandparents have custody of Quinton. That tells you there's some uh, issues. They, they got some potential child abuse issues here that the grandparents have have custody of Quentin. So let's just hope and pray that this kid is found alive. But right now, you know, there is, uh, there's a lot, as I said, there's a lot going on. The, the police searched. The first thing you do in any missing person case is, of course, search the residence of the missing person. They did that. And there was also some video of the police was searching they were emptying the pool on the property. So the police, they're looking into all kinds of um, evidence, digital evidence, of course. A lot of these cases, the answer lies within the cell phone. I know that sounds oversimplifying it, but uh, it's, you know, in every investigation, cell phone technology comes into play. And I don't think it's going to be any... Um, going to be any different in this case but you, you got to this is a kid he's not even two years old yet and it's it's just it's just horrendous uh let's let's hope that the fbi and the police get right on this and um come up with a quickly find this child right now the fifth day of searching comes to a close we're learning new information about the investigation into the disappearance of little quentin simmon just 20 months old or Andy Cole has been on the story for days now, and he reports on the latest and shares the police radio the morning Quinton was first reported missing. For the first time today, Chatham County Police Chief said there is a possible criminal element to this case. But still, five days in, Quinton is missing. We have a signal to see. You're hearing Chatham County Police dispatchers on Wednesday morning when Quinton Simmon went missing from his Buckhalter Road home in Savannah. Complain about her one-year-old son is missing. She woke up, her door was open, but he was unable to open a door. Things one came in and took him. Fast forward five days to Monday. Everybody is being looked at. Everybody is being interviewed. For the first time since 20-month-old Quentin Simmons disappeared last week. Chatham County's police chief says there may be a criminal element to the investigation. You know, we're looking at it from multiple fronts and, and one of it being a criminal uh, investigation, as well as, you know, uh, a missing child at this point. We don't have anything confirmed, so we can't say anything uh, absolutely. On Monday, local law enforcement and federal agents researched the home where Quinton was last seen on Buckhalter Road. That included a sweep of the home. Police tarped up one of the windows early in the day and later took the obstruction down. Fire officials were on scene Monday as well. They used their fire hoses to drain the once full but murky backyard pool. Chief Hadley told reporters that dozens of FBI agents are here in Chatham County, desperately searching for Quentin. They are here in a in a support role, and I can't thank them enough. Uh, you don't bring 40 people um, and some from all over the country um, without a, an enormous amount of effort and expense. Also Monday, Chatham County denied an open records request filed by WJCL 22 News for the initial 911 call from Leilani Simmons, Quinton's mom, made the day of his disappearance. They say they are not releasing the call right now because it is part of a, quote, ongoing law enforcement investigation. Chief Hadley told reporters at his press conference today that he expects, with the FBI's help, to continue searching for Quinton through the end of the week. In Savannah, I'm Andy Cole. WJCL 22 News. Chatham. So, folks, that's uh, that's where we are with that investigation. In these missing kid investigations, it's you know it's a horrible thing. And, and the mother, uh, she clearly has drug problems because the the grandmother was trying to get her kicked out of her house because she steals 
from her to buy drugs. So it's like, uh, these are the kind of cases I've seen numerous times in my police career. It's, it's, it's not good. It's, it's, it's not a good look. And, uh, this here, that's not the mother. That's the, uh, the babysitter that babysits uh, little Quentin. Um, Horrible case right now. I'm going to, you know, uh, do a follow-up on this case. We'll stay with this case. Hopefully, uh, it'll have a happy ending. Some of these cases of late have had a very unhappy ending. Folks, this is Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. If you have not subscribed to us, please go on our YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up, and ring that bell. And if you want to support us, we have a Patreon with uh, three different levels. And we also have a YouTube channel memberships with five different levels. And we'd appreciate your support. Uh, all the folks in the chat with the green font, they're members of our channel. And we appreciate the hell out of these folks. A lot of them have been with us for a couple of years now. Well, the Pranzo has been with us for like three and a half years. Unbelievable. And that's a loyal, loyal couple. Lieutenant Peter Pranzo, Harlem Raiders fame, and his wife, Richella. And again, I, I all so many of you guys are uh, loyal to us, and I I, uh, I shout out to you a lot of times because I appreciate everybody. Um, you guys are really helping us keep this show going, and it's going and it's growing, you know. So, folks, I'm going to, uh, as I said, I'm going to keep uh, covering this case. There hasn't been any new developments in the Debbie Collier case um, that I'm aware of, and when we do have some. New information, I will report on that. And um, we had expected a quick arrest on that, and we haven't seen it. It hasn't occurred. Uh, I know that the FBI is now working with the Habersham police on that case. So perhaps the case is a lot more complicated than um, we said at first, but I think they're in good hands, and I think they're going in, in the right direction. So, folks, again, thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, we'll we'll stay up on these cases. We updated Julissa Fuentes, um, Quinton Simon case, um, Debbie Collier. We'll get back on that case. And uh, I appreciate you guys tuning in. Have a great day, and uh, God bless. One episode, just